Hey, I'm Darren. I'm one of the pastors of Focus. And, and we are in uh, week one of our summer series, Name Droppers. Love this one so much. Uh, so about a year or so ago, I was at the gym. Uh, I, was, I was finishing my workout and I was doing a little bit of a cool down. And I go to the stationary bike. Just pedal real easy, listen to a little bit of a worship music and, and just think, I did a good job. That's what I was doing at that moment. So I go to the stationary bike. Gym is pretty empty at this time. So it's, there's not a lot of people in the gym. And I go to the stationary bikes and I'm the only one utilizing the bikes at that time. All the rest of them are empty. So I choose one that's closer to the end and, and I sit down in that bike. Having a great time, thinking that I'm, you know, I'm feeling proud of myself. And, uh, and then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, somebody comes and sits down in the bike right next to me. Nobody else is using a bike. And they sit at the one right next to me. Come on, now that's not all right. Like, I need a little bit of a buffer zone. Anybody know what I'm talking about? A little, little buffer zone. If you don't know what I'm talking about in that instance, imagine going to a matinee in a movie theater and nobody's in there and somebody comes and sits in the seat right next to you. What are you doing, man? That's not okay. That's not okay. You know, and so I'm a little bit, of, um, I'm a little annoyed at this moment and so I'm sitting there and, and, I, and I, I'm, I'm still pedaling but then I look over and I'm gonna give him one of those what are you doing man you know and I look over and it's none other than Donovan McNabb Come on, name dropper. There you go. That's what we're doing during this series is that we are, we're going to be dropping some names of people. We're learning from people in scripture and we're learning from the, what God brought them through and how then we can apply it to our lives. That we are going to learn from their past to prepare us for our future. Because I believe this with everything inside of me is that God cares more about your future than he does about your past. He has a future in store for you that is more than you could ever dream possible. A life that is exceedingly and abundantly more than you could ever imagine. God cares more about your future than he does about your past. Now that's not to say that he doesn't care about your past. But he loves you enough that he brings healing and redemption of your past to prepare you for the future. He doesn't, he doesn't leave you in your past he heals you from your past and prepares you for the life that he has for you. He cares more about your future than he does about your past. If some of you in here today, you think, okay, that sounds great. That's fine and dandy for you, but you don't know what I've done. And you don't know what I've experienced before. And the experience that I have is a, is a past that's full of pain. And I don't know how God is going to be able to get me through that pain. Let me tell you, God loves you enough that he sent his one and only son down here on earth that he has experienced the pain that you have experienced. He was abused at the hands of authority. Some of you have been there. Jesus understands it. Some of you, some of you, feel, some of you feel like you've been abandoned. I don't have anybody left. I don't have any friends. Jesus understands what it's like to have people turn their back on them and run away. In the hour that he needed people the most, they all scattered. Some of them even saying, I don't know that guy. What are you talking about? I don't know that. My friends with him. Some of you feel like outsiders. 
Nobody relates to me. Jesus had everybody shouting out, crucify him. He knew what it was like. He knows what it's like to be an outsider. He knows the kind of pain that you have experienced at the hand of somebody else. Some of you might be in here and you're like, yeah, but but the pain that I have, the pain that I've gone through is self-inflicted. I've made choices in my past that have brought me to this place right now. And how can, I, how can I expect God to forgive me if I can't even forgive myself? Well, that's not the way that it works. Is that God loves you so much that he gives you forgiveness and then he leads you through a process for you to heal for you so you can forgive yourself as well. Forgiveness is available for you right now. Let me hear, hear me when I say this. God cares more about your future than he does about your past. And so I want to help prepare you for the future that God has for you. And so what we're doing is we're looking at individuals in Scripture and we're going to say, okay, what did they go through? And then how can I apply that to my life so that I can experience everything that God has for me? So what we're going to do today is that we're going to look at a person by the name of Gideon. Gideon is found in Judges and a story of of how he flows. And so what we're going to do, we're just going to pick up right away in Judges chapter 6. The book of Judges is all about different judges that were for a specific time and for a specific place in history in the nation of Israel. That's why it's called Judges. If it was just one, it would just be called Judge, right? Like the book of Judge. If it's not, it's a bunch of judges, and we see the story and the narrative of Gideon start off in Judges chapter 6, and it says this, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. Now, here's what you're going to see if you read, no, let me see. Here's what you're going to see when, all right, when you read Judges, not if you read it, you're going to read it at some point. When you read the book of Judges, whenever there's a new narrative that begins, it'll start off by saying, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord over and over and over again. And some of you that have read it, you're even, you've even thought to yourself, when will they get it figured out? Will these Israelites ever get it figured out? Like they go through moments of victory and then they go right back into it, right? Well, let me ask you this question. And I think it's a better question than asking if the Israelites will get it figured out. The question that I have for you today is, when will you get it figured out? When will you get it figured out? Well, oh, hey, hey. Evil in the eyes of the Lord? Like, I mean, I'm, I'm not perfect, but evil in the eyes of the Lord, right? Like, we don't think of ourselves in that place of where the Israelites were. Are they evil? In the, well, let me ask you this question. Got some students that are in here today. Anybody talk back to their parents this week? Right? Uh, I wasn't around them enough. Like, I was playing video games enough that I didn't have to worry about it. So, anybody in here today? Lose their temper as you were sitting in traffic this week? Anybody in here this week that had to try to hide something from their spouse? I, don't, I hope that they don't find out because then it's just going to cause this big mess again. Anybody, have to, anybody find themselves going back to that screen that has that image that you know that you shouldn't look at but yet you keep going back to it over and over again? The question that I have for you today is when are you going to get it figured out? My hope and my prayer for each and every single one of us is that you will get it figured out. 
Because here's what my hope and my prayer is, is that what we've done for the past four weeks is we've said that we can't take a vacation from our issues, but instead we're going to find victory from our issues. And my hope and my prayer for you is that you will experience that victory and that you will walk in the victory that God has for you. That's what my hope and my prayer is, that you will get it figured out. That's what we have been, I'm telling you, that's what we have been praying about as a church. Not to just have a a great service. Not that we just have a a nice Sunday morning. Is that we will be sons and daughters of the Most High walking in the life that He has for us. My hope and my prayer is that you're going to get it figured out. And that you will experience victory today. That today could be the day that you experience victory. I'll try to take a vacation from my issues. I want to be able to see each and every single one of you experience victory from them. That's what we're talking about. That's what we're going through. And so that's what we want to be able to see happen. Look at how, look at what happens. So here's the deal is that whenever there's, there's a moment where there's, where there's sin that enters into our life, there's consequences for it. There's consequences that the Israelites had to face as well. And so what God said when, when he, they were doing evil in the eyes of the Lord, he said, you know what, I'm going to hand you over to the Midianites, which is a group of people that did not follow God. And the Midianites came in and they, they ravished the land, destroying livestock, taking all of their crops, leaving people in a place where they had nothing, where they had nothing. And here's the reality is that for you today is that when we are in the middle of a place where we continue to go back to the things that God doesn't want for us, there are consequences. Just what it is. You have consequences. You have good consequences that you get rewards, and then you have some consequences that you're like, I really prefer not to have that. Each of our actions, there are consequences for our actions. They were dealing with it, and some of you today, in the issues that you have, you have consequences for those actions as well. It's not what it's not what the life that God has for you. It's just it's what it is. It was your choice. And now you're dealing with it. And all of a sudden, the Israelites, when they figured out this is not how we want to live, they began to cry out to God for relief. And my hope and my prayer is that you are in a place where you finally are crying out to God in relief. Where you're no longer just saying, well, this is, I'm just going to keep on living the way I am. No, God, I need a miracle today. This is not a bad thing. It puts your focus back on God. And my hope is, that you're going to cry out to God. And when you cry out to God, when the Israelites cried out to God, he heard them. And the great news that I have for you today is that when you cry out to God, he hears you. He hears your cries. He hears your prayers. He's going to come through for you. And this is how he came through for the Israelites in that moment. Then the angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Ophrah that belonged to Joash where his son Gideon was threshing wheat. Everybody say threshing wheat. Threshing wheat wheat in a wine press. Why? Because the Midianites were coming, right? Like they're coming in and taking everything from everybody. Like they are just, they're ravishing the land. And so he's trying to hide out. He's just trying to find a way to make a living, right? So he's threshing wheat in a wine press. A wine press is not where you thresh wheat. It's a dark place. It's a lonely place. But yet that's what he's doing. 
There are so many times that we can find ourselves in a place where we are lonely and when we are in a dark place. And when that happens and the angel comes, of the Lord comes to us, when God begins to speak to us in different ways, using different people or using a Sunday morning message or whatever it is, many of the times we're too busy threshing wheat to understand what God is really saying to us. And this is what happens. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Come on, somebody. The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. I have one big takeaway for you today. If there is one thing that you remember as you are walking out of these doors, as you are waking up tomorrow morning and you are going through your week, there's one takeaway that I have for you today, and that's that you know this, that you are a mighty warrior. Come on, somebody. I wish somebody in here knew that they were a mighty warrior. That you are a mighty warrior. Hold up a second. I'm just trying to get by threshing wheat in a wine press. I'm just trying to get by in my high school, just trying to survive it so that I can get off on with the real world. I'm just trying to get by working five days a week and hopefully have a moment where I can go golfing with my buddies. I'm just trying to be able to get by, have a night where I can go out with my girlfriends and have a, have a couple of cocktails. Mighty warrior, what are you talking about today, right? There's too many of us that are settling for threshing wheat in a wine press instead of experiencing the victory that God has for us. Mighty warrior, I don't know what you're talking about. Here's what I can tell you today. Is that for the past four weeks, we were in a series called I Declare War. Where we talked about saying, you know what? These issues have already declared war on us. It's time for me to step up and declare war on those issues. And when that happens, the wolf rises up inside of us and we're going to be able to face those issues. But here's what I know is that even during the middle of that series, that many of you, that you were sitting here and I could see the look on your face. Did you know that I can do that? Like, I can see you. You know that, right? Like, I can see what's going on, the reactions that you have. And there were some of you, many of you in here, where you were like, mighty warrior, a wolf rising up inside of my heart. And instead, you responded just like Gideon. And he said, pardon me, my Lord. Uh, but if the Lord is with us, why is all this happening to me? Yeah, it's great for you to be able to talk about declaring war. But Pastor, I hear, you, I hear you talk about this amazing life. I hear you talk about this exceedingly abundant life, this parasauce. You even use a cool Greek word for it, right? Like, I hear you talk about that, but that's not what I'm experiencing. What I experience in life is a bunch of heartache and pain. What I experience in life are relationships that are falling apart. What I experience in life is nothing like what you're talking about. Mighty warrior. Pardon me, pastor. I don't think so. Wolf rising up inside of my heart. Maybe for you. But I live in the real world. 
Where's God in that? Where, why has all this happened to us? Where are all these wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, hey, didn't, didn't God bring us out of the land? Yeah, hey, I, I see and I hear of other people having miracles inside of their life, but where's mine? I'm not experiencing that in my life. My finances are still a wreck. Where? I'll tell you what, Pastor. It might seem like God is for you, but it feels like he's abandoned me. Where's God in all this? The Israelites are sitting there in a ravished land, and Gideon is sitting in the middle of a wine press, not where he wants to be. That's not the life that he intended. And so he's asking the question, so where's God? Where's this parasol's life that he has for me? Forgetting the fact that the consequences that he were facing were because of the choices that the Israelites have already made. And so for some of you in here today, you're asking for a blessed life, but you can't have a blessed life in the middle of destructive choices. You can't do it. Where's God in all of this? Seems like he's abandoned us. When in reality, you abandoned the path that he had for you. Mighty warrior. making choices that a mighty warrior wouldn't. You can't have a blessed life and then spit on the blessings that God has given you. God, please, please go ahead and, and bless me with an amazing relationship so that I can speak poorly into it all the time and completely destroy it. God, please go ahead and, and bless me financially so I can go ahead and spend it all on myself and the pleasures of this world. You can't have a blessed life full of destructive choices. It doesn't work that way. There are consequences for it. Now, here's the thing i got to tell you today, though, is that even in the middle of those destructive choices, God has not abandoned you. God did not abandon Gideon, and he hasn't abandoned you either. Because what Gideon didn't realize is that even in the middle of a land being ravished, that God supplied a wine press so that he could thresh his wheat. God is still providing for you in the, even in the middle of your darkness. How do I know that? Because you are here. He brought you into a place like this. He has not left you, and he has not abandoned you, even in, even in the middle of your destructive choices. He has got a plan for you to leave the wine press behind and experience victory. To leave the wine press behind and experience victory. Uh, how do I know that? Because look at how the Lord responded to Gideon. The Lord turned to him and said, Go in strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Is God not sending you out of the wine press? God's already, he's already laid out a plan for victorious life to not settle for the things of this world. Don't settle for just surviving. You need to be able to thrive in high school. Don't just survive it. Go out and reach your friends. Go out and speak to your teachers about how good your God is. That's the plan that he has for you. Live life differently. 
Go ahead and live in the dream of a relationship that God has for you. Is he not calling you to that? Absolutely he is. Know it and then walk in it. Don't settle for the way everything else is. Don't settle for the little things that the world is trying to offer you. Don't settle for threshing wheat in a wine press. God has a victory in store for you. Walk in it. Is he not sending you? And still, and still there, there's this thing inside of us that says, pardon me, pastor. Pardon me, my Lord. But how can I do it? Because I know me. And I'm weak. I go through moments where I feel like, there's a wolf rising. But I can't. How can I experience victory when the only thing that I've experienced is failure after failure? That's, that's what my life is. It just keeps going. I try. I keep trying. But how can I do it? I keep trying to walk in this. But how can I do it? Because I keep finding myself failing over and over again. Anybody been there before? And there's some of you that are there right now. How can I? How can I leave this wine press when it's the only form of safety that I have? And that's the problem, is that you're asking, how can you do it? If you're in that place today, and the only thing that you've experienced is failure after failure after failure, not believing that victory is what God has for you, I have five words for you. And it's five words that the angel of the Lord spoke to Gideon. He answered, I will be with you. Come on, somebody. I will be with you. The words that God has for you today when you are sitting there questioning yourself. Am I a mighty warrior? Can I experience victory? Can I get out of this wine press? Is this something that I can actually do? I want you to know that God is saying to you today, I will be with you. That God will be with you even in the middle of your destructive choices. I will be with you to carry you out of the wine press. I will be with you and I will deliver the hands of the Midianites into Gideon. And he will deliver victory for you. It's not that you can do it. It's that God will do it for you. I will be with you, mighty warrior. Somebody say mighty warrior today. That's who you are. That's who God has called you to be. You are a mighty warrior. Don't settle for threshing wheat in a wine press any longer. Have that wolf rise up inside of you and walk in the victory that God has for you. When Gideon finally made that choice, when Gideon made that choice to be able to say, you know what, I'm going to do this. I don't know how but I'm going to do it. I'm going to leave this wine press behind and I'm going to go after the victory that God has for me. He's going to walk with me. Okay, I'm going to do it. And what we're going to do is we're going to look at that moment and we're going to see three amazing principles from when, when Gideon decided that he would go ahead and raise up an army that we're going to see three principles in his life for us 
to leave the wine press behind, leave the things that we're settling for, and we're going to go after the victory that God has for us. Number one, if you want to experience victory, mighty warrior, you need to do this. You need to leave your fear and walk by faith. Come on now. Leave your fear and walk in the faith that God has for you. Some of you are like, I was here last week, and that sounds really familiar to something that you said last week, right? Like, did you say that last week? Yes, I did. Why are you saying it again? Because you need to hear it again. Because I hope that somebody's going to be able to grasp it. It's what, it's what my wife, anybody in here ever had somebody, uh, not, not just all wives, but anybody had anybody ever say that you were hard of hearing? Anybody ever say that, Right? Like, my wife will say that to me, and then she'll correct herself, and she's like, no, it's just selective hearing, right? Like, like and, and then she'll say that it was a hereditary thing that I passed down to my boys. That's what she'll say. Like, because we'll say to our boys, clean your room! Like, over and over again, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't hear you, right? Dinner time. Boom, 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 and they come down, bound, and How do they do that, right? Because sometimes we have selective hearing. And some of y'all believe had a little bit of selective hearing, and you need to hear this again. Leave your fear, walk in faith. Leave your fear, walk in faith. Because here's what I know. Is that some of you come in here on a Sunday morning, and you're like, man, that got me. Pastor, you got something, you riled up, you know what I mean? I know you're an excitable person, but it, it rubbed off on me a little bit. You know, like I, got, I could feel that. Like I felt that wolf rising up a little bit. But then Monday morning came. And all of a sudden, I'm walking in fear again. I got faith in a moment, but not enough to get me through. And you find yourself trembling with fear of what the outcome is going to be again. Judges chapter 7. All of a sudden, this army starts to gather around. Gideon walked out of the wine press, and an army gathers around. This guy did a pretty good job. He gathered 32,000 men to be able to join his army. It's not bad for a guy who's just sitting there threshing wheat in a wine press, man. Gathered 32,000 people. And then the Lord said to Gideon, you have too many men. I don't, what? Right? Like, too many men? What are you talking about too many men? You mean too less of men, right? Like, we need some more people around here. No, no, you have, you have too many men. I cannot deliver Midian into their hands or else Israel would boast my own strength has saved me. Again, there's too many of you in here today who are trying to do it on your own strength. And the reason why you are experiencing fear right now is because in your own strength, it brings you to failure. Why have you experienced failure over and over again? Because in your own strength, that's where it's going to lead you. Well, I'm just, I'm trying to do everything that I can. Stop it. What? Give it over to God. There were too many people, and God couldn't perform a miracle. He couldn't perform a miracle. So this is how he begins to weed out the crowd. Go on. For though we live, oh, sorry, this is, I, I hit the, go on to the next one. Now announce to the army, anyone who trembles with fear may turn back and leave Mount Gilead. If anyone 
trembles with fear, they're going to leave the army. So 22,000 people walked away. 32,000. 32,000 people walked away because they just kept experiencing fear, failure, because they were trying to do it on their own. Now go back to 2 Corinthians. See, if I'm not mistaken, last week the, the passage that we used in 2 Corinthians 10 said, I'm not trying to fight my battles this way. This is not how I'm trying to fight my battles. This is not how I'm supposed to experience victory on my own. No, no, no. Instead, when I have said yes to Jesus, that his spirit lives inside of me. The exact same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives inside of me. And so the weapons that I fight with are not the things of this world, but I have divine power to demolish strongholds, to demolish arguments, to take captive of all of those thoughts. I'm not trying to fight this battle on my own. I'm going to allow the Holy Spirit to fight for me. I don't need to I don't need to live in fear anymore. I'm going to leave that behind and I'm going to walk in faith knowing that a battle is in front of me but I know that Jesus has already won the war. And that's the faith that I have that I can hold my head up high and I know that it's going to be there. Victory's already in store for me. It might not be over this small little battle but I know that victory is already in store for me. So I'm going to walk around as a mighty warrior who already knows that victory is there. That's the divine power that God has for you. So how do you do that? How can you leave that fear behind? Stop trembling with fear of the failure that you've experienced over and over again. How do you do that? How do you walk in faith? You need to choose. First John says this, perfect love drives out all It drives it out. You want to be able to have fear leave your life? Well, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to... I don't know what this week is going to look like. I don't know if it's going to be there. Hold up a second. That's a fearful talk. And perfect love, the perfect love of a heavenly father drives out fear. I'm not trying to walk in fear. I'm trying to walk in faith. This is who I am. Who am I? I am who he says I am. A child of the most high. A child of the victorious savior. That's who I am. So why would I walk in fear? Come on now. I don't know. The love of a father that I have chosen to follow drives out that fear. So how can you walk in faith? You need to embrace the love of a heavenly father. You do. You embrace it. Personal relationship with God. Your parents can't choose it for you. Your wife can't choose it for you. Your husband can't choose it for you. Your pastor can't choose it for you. You have to choose it. Mighty warrior, I'm not trying to walk in fear. I know who I am. I'm a child of God. And I have the faith that he has given me and bless me with perfect love drives out all fear my hope and my prayer is that none of us in here today will be part of the 22,000 but unfortunately there are too many Christians that still find themselves trembling with fear 
and you're not going to experience the victory. 32,000 people said, yeah, I want victory. But 22,000 of them had to walk away before victory was established. Why? Because they were full of fear. If you want to be able to have victory in your life, leave the fear behind and walk in faith. Walk in faith. Number two, if you want to be able to be a victorious warrior, mighty warrior, you need to be watchful. Because sin is sneaky, man. Sin's going to sneak up on you. Sin's going to come. Here's what I believe. I believe with everything inside of me that the biggest struggles that we have are not these ideas of big sins. Like, for example, I don't think, I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure, uh, this is just a, I'm pretty sure none of us in here are struggling with murdering people, right? Like the biggest issue that you face is not murdering people, right? That's a bad one, right? I hope not. If it is, then come, come talk to me. With, go talk to Pastor Jonathan first. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. <laughs> I like threw you, threw you to some night wolves there, man. <laughs> no, we... Those aren't the biggest things that we face. No, in fact, Jesus said this in one of his parables. He said, what's going to choke out your faith? The cares of this world and the seed of wealth. In other words, living like everybody else and caring about what everybody else cares about. Wow, come on, man. It's not that big of a deal, right? It's not that big of a deal. Like, I mean, hey, I got freedom in Jesus. I can do this stuff, right? Yeah. Or perhaps it is a big deal. Perhaps it is. Some of you are sitting there like, wait, didn't you say that last week as well? (laughs) Yes. The answer is yes. Why? Because you need to know it. This is how big of a deal it is. For you to experience victory, which I desperately want for every single one of us. To you, for you to experience victory, you got to be watchful of these things. Because there are little tiny things that are going to get a foothold inside of your life. And the next thing you know that that foothold has turned into a stronghold. And you can't stop it. Because sin is that sneaky. You need to be watchful because we're at war. There is an enemy coming after us and he is trying to do everything he can to sabotage you from the life that God has for you, for the future that he has planned for you. And so you need to be watchful of those things. Check out what happens in Judges. All of a sudden, man, Gideon took the men down to the water and God said, separate those who lap lap the water with their tongues as dogs lap those who kneel, from those who kneel down and drink. In other words, he wanted to be able to see if if somebody would cup their hands up and be able to drink from, a, from cupped hands instead of sticking their face all the way down in the water. Because what happens when you stick your face all the way down in the water is you never know who's coming up on your back. I can't pay attention to what's, what's happening. But when you have cupped hands, and I don't, I don't trust none of y'all, man. I don't see what's going on around here. Sneaking up on me, I'm not even trying. And only 300 of them, 300 
drank from cupped hands. Go on to the next one. The Lord said to Gideon, with the 300 men that have left, I will save you and give the Midianites into your hands. Let all the others go home. Unfortunately, I hate it so much. Unfortunately, there are too many of us that see something that we think is refreshing and a reprieve from this life, and we indulge in that instead of being watchful of what God has for us. And we just shove our face right into the things of this world. for a small moment of reprieve. And it's too many. 9,700 men left. 32,000 people said, I want to experience victory. And all that was standing were 300. All that was standing left were 300. Why? Because too many of us are walking around afraid. Too many of us are walking around in our own strength, unwilling to even leave a wine press. Only 300 experience a victory. Why? Because there are these tiny little things that are getting into our life that are causing us to not be watchful and we're indulging ourselves instead of experiencing the victory that God has for us. And I'm still riled up about it. Because I don't want to see anybody fall away from it. And so I'm trying to stand here today getting mad and upset about this because I want you to get mad and upset about it as well. And say enough is enough. I can't live like that anymore. And you want to know why so many of us are doing that? Because we're hanging out with everybody else who is. We're more concerned about the 9,700 than the plan that God has for us. And we're watching how everybody else is living, and we say, well, that's got to be it too. I don't want to see that for your life. I don't want to see any of you walk away from that. I want to see you experience victory. For you to experience the victory that God has for you, you got to be watchful because sin is too sneaky. It will get a foothold into your life, and it will turn into a stronghold. But i got good news for you today is that even if you have allowed that thing to become a stronghold inside of your life, that there is a divine power when you say yes to Jesus to do what? Demolish strongholds. Come on now. Even if that stronghold is there for you, even if you are one of those 9,000, that there is a moment for you to be able to be watchful and to be able to turn away from those things. Come on now. That's what God has for you today. To demolish those strongholds that have set up camp inside of your life. Come on. Mighty warrior. Victory is in store for you. I believe it with everything inside of me. I believe it with everything inside of me. And I hope that you choose it. To walk in that path. If you're going to do that, I want to make sure. You got to make sure. You leave that fear behind. 
Not just today, you leave that fear behind and you walk in faith all week long. And you need to make sure that you're watchful. The easiest way to make sure that you don't have a stronghold of sin inside of your life, never allow it to be a foothold. Come on now. Sin is too sneaky. I'm gonna be watchful of those things. And the last one, if you wanna be able to experience victory, mighty warrior, you need to make sure that you light your fire. Come on now. That you light your fire. When you say yes to Jesus, when you say yes to Jesus, that the same spirit that raised him from the dead lives and breathes inside of you. That we baptize ourselves in water as a representation of what Jesus has done for us, but the Holy Spirit baptizes us in fire. And you need to make sure that that fire is lit. You got to light your fire up. If you want to experience victory, you got to light that fire. Because here's what I know. That there are some of you even in here today where you're like, man, you know, Sunday's, Sunday, Sunday, I feel it. Whew, Sunday, I'm like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That's what, man, that song, that song was right there. It was right, man, Pastor Frankie and the team, they killed it that day. Man, I was just, I felt it. That wolf was rising up, man. That was amazing. Oh, man, I was hanging out with some friends of mine, and, and, uh, and they just spoke the spirit inside of me. And Sunday, man, Sunday, I feel, Sunday was an amazing message from Pastor Darren. Come on, man, not even one. Not even like, go, man. At least at 930, I got one little tiny amen. <laughs> Nothing from y'all now. <laughs> but then I go home. And it feels like all of those things that were inside of me in that moment, they begin to fall away. In fact, Pastor, if I'm even being honest, sometimes I don't even make it home. And I already feel myself falling back into all those same things. The failure that I know is coming. If that's you today, I want you to know you're not alone. Gideon is in that place too. See, Gideon didn't walk away when People were trembling with fear, but yet he had a moment. And during the night, the Lord said to Gideon, get up. Now I wish somebody in here would get on up now. Get up and go down against the camp because I'm going to give it to you in your hands. Remember, God is sending you. He will be with you. Victory is in your hands because God is going to give it to you. But if you're afraid, if you're afraid, there's some of you in here today that are still, I'm not sure, Pastor. Let's just be honest about it. I keep failing over and over again. I'm not, I feel, oh, come on, I want to grasp hold of it so much, but I, I'm a little afraid. And if that's you today, then this is what Gideon did. Go down to the camp with your friend and listen to what they are saying. Listen to what they're saying. Somebody's, you're going to hear something, and it's going to rise something up inside of your spirit. Listen to what they're saying. And if you're in here today, you're not trembling with fear, but you know that those moments are coming, here's what I want to tell you today. Listen to what I'm going to say to you. God has brought you into this place to hear, to hear this story. And this is what they said. Go on. Gideon arrived just as a man 
was telling a friend his dream. I had a dream. I had a dream. And he was saying, a round loaf of bread came tumbling into the Midianite camp. A big loaf of bread. (laughs) So powerful that it destroyed all of the tents around it. How cool would it have been if that's actually what would have happened, man? Like, I would have loved to be a, see a huge loaf of bread just destroy everybody. Yeah? <laughs> and then all of a sudden, somebody next to him said this. Go on the next one. This can be nothing other than the sword of Gideon and the Lord. God has given the Midianites and this whole camp into his hands. Here's what I'm telling you today. And listen to me on this. I have a dream as well. My dream was not something that I saw in the middle of the night. My my dream is a dream that I see with my mind's eye. And the, the dream that I have with my mind's eye is that we are a church full of victorious warriors. The the dream that I have with my mind's eye is that we have a church that is full of of marriages that are are just amazing marriages that are helping push other marriages forward to what God has for them. In my mind's eye, I see a bunch of students who are on fire for what God has for them, who are ready to go onto their campus and change their campus. In my mind's eye, I, I see a group of people who say, you know what, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. My mind's eye sees a dream that says you're no longer going to settle for just in a wine press. My mind's eye sees a bunch of people who are walking in the victory that God has for you today. You might be afraid at this moment, but be encouraged because God has something amazing in store for you. And you know what that is? Victory. That's what he has planned for your life. Victory. You'll remember that when you wake up in the morning. You'll remember that when you get into a situation where you're like, I shouldn't be hanging out with these people. I shouldn't be in this moment right now. And you'll remember, God is sending me. He is with me. And I will make sure that I'm watchful. I will no longer be fearful of those moments. I'm going to walk in the victory that he has for me. And you experience that. Why? Because your fire is lit up. Your fire is lit up. Gideon had a moment where he was a little bit afraid and all of a sudden he heard somebody speak something powerful in his life and all of a sudden the wolf began to rise inside of him and he remembered who was sending him. You remember who was sending you. Not in this moment, but tomorrow morning on Wednesday when you're going through the middle of the week. All of a sudden you remember, I am who, I, who God says I am and I'm going to make sure that I live my life just that way. All of a sudden Gideon had that wolf rise. And then he went back to his friend. When Gideon heard a dream and the interpretation, he bowed down and he worshipped. And then he returned, he returned to all the rest of the Israelites and he said, get up. Boy, I tell you what, I wish somebody in here would get on up. I wish somebody in here would begin to have the wolf rise inside of their spirit so much that you can't stay seated anymore, that you got to be able to rise to your feet because you know that victory is just one moment away because you know that the life that you had before just in a wide press, that I'm not going to settle for that anymore. I'm getting ready to walk in the victorious moment that he has for me. I wish somebody in here would get on up because you know what the Holy Spirit is getting ready to do inside of you. Get up, the Lord commanded. The Lord has given the Midianite camp into your hands. Continue on.
on. And so he divided the 300 into a group around. And he said, here's what you're going to do. You're going to have a moment where I'm going to give you an empty jar and there's going to be a torch inside of there. Here's what I want to tell you today. Is that when you say yes to Jesus, you become that empty jar. You become that empty vessel. And there is a torch inside of you. And his name is the Holy Spirit. And he has given you a fire. And you need to break that empty vessel. You need to break that jar. You need to bust it wide open. And you need to let your fire shine out to every single person that is around you. You need to light your fire. One more verse, he says this. Watch me. And follow my lead. Every single week, church, you see me up here going after Jesus with everything that I have. Watch me. Follow my lead. Because that's the wolf rising up inside of your spirit. And during the middle of the week, when you're going through those weak moments, you begin to preach to yourself. You begin to have that wolf rise up inside of yourself. I'm not just doing this for a show. I'm doing it because I want you to experience the victory that Jesus has for you. And you'll begin to preach it to yourself. No, 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 I'm not doing this. No, 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 I'm not settling for this. I'm not going back into that wine press. There's a victory in store for me. This is who God says I am. And this is how I'm going to live. This is how I'm going to fight my battles. Every single week, church, you see me going after Jesus with everything I have. And I'm going to tell you, a lot of times I tell myself, no, I'm not going to shout that much this week because every single week I lose my voice. But I can't help it because I love my Jesus way too much. And the victory is one shout away because I know when the praise goes up, the power comes down. When all of a sudden in those moments, those 300 men, they broke open those empty jars. They let that fire shine. They shouted out their praises to God our Father. And it became so powerful, so powerful that all of a sudden the enemy destroyed themselves. Why? Because we have divine power that will destroy and demolish any stronghold that is in front of us. I wish somebody would stand up. I wish somebody would get on up in here today. I wish somebody would light their fire. I wish somebody would shout out their praises to Jesus because this, this is how I fought my battles. Can I get a witness?